Opinions expressed are not necessarily those of Salem Media Group, their station, or its advertisers. Live from Northern California, it's Lifeline with Jesse Gastan. He's the host of Way of Grace, a pastor and a community leader. He's a teacher and an inspiration. He's Lifeline's own Jesse Gastan. And I want to welcome you to another Monday edition of Lifeline. We were off last week. Um, it was July 4th. Last Monday was the 4th. And we celebrated uh, independence. Something that a good portion of our country no longer understands or honors. The uh, brave men and women that fought for our freedom. Notwithstanding all of the controversy before it and around it. And look at us now, some 400 years later, right here um, in the midst of probably the most auspicious and best situation you could possibly be in in the world, notwithstanding all the troubles we are dealing with. So many difficulties, but I must say that I am a, a free man, able to move about and do what I uh, desire to do, largely speaking, and you are free men and women able to do what you do and move about as well, uh, largely speaking, relatively speaking. But we, we're we in a crazy time, are we not? I've got my hands on my forehead and I'm saying to myself, what in the world is going on? And I'm referring to the White House. Just a couple of weeks ago, under the Biden administration, they celebrated a uh, LGP, LGBTQIA plus sort of gathering out on the White House lawn or somewhere around thereabouts. And granted, it was only a couple of hundred of them. I was surprised at how small the group was. And they were celebrating and, and the Bidens were giving them all kinds of affirmation and kudos and things of that nature, which is what he is want to do because he, along with several other of our presidents and uh, globalists around the world, appear to be having their way in terms of a manifestation of a cultural breakdown and a reconstruction and um, a, a transformation of our society. As where the word trans comes in, folks, you got to understand we are in a transformation and the, the trannies were out. I mean, they were out, full blown out. Not only were the trannies out in all of their colorful, expressive ways, but their uh, boobs were out. Their fake boobs were out. The fake women with fake boobs were just out. And I'm like, this is the White House, you guys. Well, this is the Rainbow House now, but this is the... What 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 might we call it now? Because the chaos and the irreverence and the and the buffoonery and the perversion is so on display in our society today. I was just saying to myself, it had to be Biden and his wife um, leading that that parade of utter embarrassment. I mean, it was embarrassing to many within that alphabet soup. Uh, co uh, community because you just don't behave that way at the White House, albeit it is a colorful place. Now, you just don't behave that way. We have certainly lost um, our 
um, sense of reference. We've certainly lost our sense of propriety. We've lost our sense of character. We've lost our sense of dignity. And then to top it off, it must have been a week later, two weeks later, somebody found cocaine in the White House. Now, they found some white stuff in the White House. And I'm just like, what? First, it's this celebration that we know defies reality, defies um, true biological, genetic, uh, human organism, defies uh, principles of logic, defies the social order for ultimate good. And that is a statement of rebellion and hostility against Western empirical scientific uh, reality, uh, inclusive of a biblical worldview. But on top of that, in addition to that, just some fella dropped a package of cocaine somewhere. I don't remember how much it was. I doubt if it was a kilo, half a kilo, quarter kilo, whatever. But uh, they had the audacity to get it in. Now, the question that you and I have to ask is how did they get in the White House? How do you get past security into the White House, not just on the external grounds, this is inside the White House, folks. Cocaine inside the White House, absolutely phenomenal. We might ask the question, who was the one that brought it in and why did they bring it in? I mean, these are bizarre questions, aren't they? They are so off the chart of what we would expect in terms of what's supposed to be the highest representation of our uh, our, our union and uh, and its governance and its semblance of again dignity and and goodness and and uh, um, supremacy and and uh, Solomon puts it this way. Now let me let me start with Solomon Ecclesiastes three seventeen. Solomon says, "I look more of under the sun, and in the place where uh, righteousness is supposed to be." justice rather, in the place where justice is supposed to be, I actually see wickedness. And then he went on to say, in the place where righteousness is supposed to be, I see iniquity. And Solomon was talking first and foremost about government. Government is supposed to function on the grounds of justice, justice with equity in dealing with those things that are contrary to life and thriving. Solomon says, I see it. I see, I see wickedness there. Now he knows, does he not? Because he fell prey to it to himself to a marvelous extent and it caused the kingdom of Israel to have been divided. But he also says, I saw in the place where righteousness is supposed to be. Now this is not talking about the White House. This is talking about the church house. He says, there I saw iniquity. Now you have your biblical prophecy as to pertaining to our world when it falls apart, when it begins to disintegrate morally, when it begins to disintegrate ethically, when it begins to lose a sense of a proper worldview, when it, when it falls prey to the devolutionary deconstruction of what you and I know as a kind of neo-Marxist fascism that is evidenced by corruption through and through. That's where we are today. And you know what's amazing about the uh, the commentary around both the uh, boob, fake boobs on fake women uh, in the fake White House and then the cocaine, whether it was real or not. Um, 
and and I don't think the American people who pay enough attention to what's going on with the Biden family are even really scratching their heads as to now who brought that cocaine in? Who put that in his left coat pocket and smiled at Secret Service as he walked on into the White House? Now this is where now I don't particularly care anything for Tyler Perry. I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't like his movies. I don't like his programs. He has catered to the lowest and basest elements of the African-American culture. He should know better, but I don't think so because all he's ever done is play church like a lot of people do. But his movies are filled with raunch, perversion, and wickedness. And I guess the, uh, the series that he's been running on the White House depicting a white president with a black wife and a couple of uh, children, and all of them are uh, actually psychopathic, sociopathic persons, and it appears the whole set is all about crazy. I know some of you guys have seen it, and if you haven't, you've been blessed. Believe me, you don't need to watch it. I don't. I watched a few episodes a couple of years ago, and I knew where it was going. But isn't it amazing? Isn't it... Um, isn't it just fascinating how movies are so predictable of reality? I will give him credit that the way he depicted the White House with their liaisons and their confusion and their perversions and their evil and their murders and their criminal behavior is spot on to what we've got going on today in our world. The governments in our world, around the world, are demonstrating the madness of a serious spiritual captivity. You must know that. Our governments are demonstrating at the top a madness of serious spiritual captivity. And at the bottom, the people are suffering the consequences of it. What do I mean? Solomon said in the book of Proverbs, as the princes are, so are the people. And that's what we are today. This is the Monday edition of Lifeline. Your host, Jesse Gistan. Glad to be back with you. The number to reach me is one 367 We're going to be talking about what I consider probably the most dangerous man in the world, particularly in this next coming presidential election. And I'm going to tell you why. He's put his finger on some things <clears throat> that's going to help us understand why we as a world, and particularly Western uh, civilization, are as batty and as loony and as fruity as we are. Again, one 367 your host, Jesse Gistain, keeping you company for the next hour and 45 minutes. Going to take a break, going to pay some bills. We be, we'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. Indeed we are. The time is 520 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. The number to reach me, I think I've got three lines open, one 367 1-888-367-5329. As I uh, entered upon our first break, I was talking to you about the Biden uh, Rainbow House, the Obama Rainbow House, and uh, uh, it is an absolute fiasco and mess. And it is now uh, stained even further by the accusations of cocaine uh, being found in the White House. Now, now, here's the thing that came to my mind as I laughed about this particular disclosure to our world, because it's not just to us. The whole world knows right now that the White House is snorting cocaine. Now, that's not nothing new. I, 
I can imagine that's what was going on um, back in the days when, when my boy uh, John Kennedy, John F. Kennedy, was a, a swinger and, and partying, and, and we all we know about his his uh, his uh, different uh, liaisons and, and enjoyable times as a uh, young president, and well, we know about many of the other presidents as well doing things in the White House that um, were uh, unacceptable in their time and would be unacceptable to some degree today as well. But to be flaming as the White House is and then to have an old man that is fundamentally, though not completely um, deranged by measures of Alzheimer and dementia, he is fully committed to globalism. He is fully committed to the deconstruction of uh, the human species. He's completely committed to the World Economic Forum and the agenda to um, destroy Western civilization. He is fully committed to the criminal element of selling out our government for wealth and finances. And I know you guys already know that these things are out and on the table in all of your uh, alternative news outlets. But what's remarkable about the exposure of the cocaine is nobody's really wasting any time or wagering any bets on who this might be that brought them a little snow powder into the White House. We all surmise, we do not know, cannot know, probably won't know if your uh, Pravda um, major media outlets continue doing what they're doing, whitewashing everything our government does, because they get paid well. And we're going to be talking about who is behind much of their payment today because um, you, you just need to be affirmed in it if you don't already know. But uh, yeah, can you imagine with all of the spotlight on uh, Hunter Biden, all of the spotlights on him, uh, him uh, being already exposed for having engaged in all kinds of criminal behavior in the behalf of his father with the Chinese, WhatsApp, conversations as well as laptop uh, information so fully uh, available to incriminate him and his dad if our uh, if our uh, Department of Justice really wanted to do its job and if our uh, legislative branch wanted to. They could impeach Biden for this. They could see to it that uh, Hunter goes to the jail and his uncle as well. And all of those I, I understand now by reading, there are about nine members of the Biden family that have been collecting millions and millions and millions of dollars from different countries around the world prior to uh, uncle, uncle and uh, the big guy, Joe Biden, entering into the office. This does not at all strike me as implausible, ladies and gentlemen. It's not that I'm cynical or incredulous. It's just that I believe the Bible. I'm not like one of those who say they believe the Bible, but really are permeated by what is called uh, the fallacy of, uh, of, of, of man-centered humanism, that man is basically good, uh, and when given the opportunity, he will do the best for himself and society. I don't believe that for a millisecond. I absolutely believe that by nature, you and I are corrupt, that humanity, apart from being constrained by proper authoritative and uh, meritocratic uh, impulses, uh, disciplines, structure, threats even, uh, but certainly uh, educational training up out of the inclination to the uh, narcissistic, selfish agenda that would throw everybody else under the bus, 
Uh, and I'll be talking about that too, because as I stated to you, we are dealing with a continued increasing mass psychosis in our world. Uh, oh, by the way, France is burning as we speak. France, where the French Revolution take place, took place. The French Revolution, which was something that, that Marx was completely disappointed in and those of his own ilk because it didn't turn out the way that they wanted. All it did was result in a kind of fascistic socialism. They wanted that thing to burn down to the ground as well as, they, as the neo-fascist, neo-Marxist, neo-socialist, neo-Gnostic, alchemistic socialists of our day want America and the West to burn down. They wanted, wanted to burn down. This is why... We are dealing with a level of madness, as Isaiah chapter 20, 30, verse 27 and 28 says, the Lord shall sift them with the sieve of vanity. He shall give them over to judgment. He shall put hooks in their, draws and, in their jaws and draw them out into a spirit of error and falsehood. Read it for yourself, Isaiah 30, 29. God is in control of giving men over to evil and wickedness when they persistently rebel against his word. And that's what the country I am living in is appearing to do. It's appearing to be a place of a laughing stock, a gazing stock, a situation wherein people put their hands on their mouth and, and go amazing that these things are happening to the West. But they are a consequence of the fruit of our own labors, the works of our own hand. We have been negligent not only in serving God, but occupying positions of authority in a way that would truly promote righteousness. Uh, and so I'm asking the question, and you might want to you might want to share your opinions and views with me, and we'll open the phone line shortly. I'm asking the question, why is it that the media allowed the uh, White House to be uh, exposed for having cocaine? Uh, in the White House, when everybody knows that we're going to make the logical conclusion, albeit an assumption, that it's Hunter Biden. Why would they do that? Is it possible that they're ushering old Joe out and they're preparing somebody else to come in to finish the work of destroying America in the uh, 24 uh, presidential election? I, I, got an, I, I got a sense that that possibly is what's about to take place because I mean you can't you can't imagine with all of the lights on Hunter Biden and his dad and all of the exposure and evidence and data that basically will condemn that young man uh, for what it's worth and he he will get what he has coming to him he'll deserve it and so will his dad if that were to be a day of righteous judgment which I doubt will occur. Uh, given the history of all of the different presidents that we know that have gotten away with so much chicanery and evil. I'm thinking, particularly in the White House, I'm thinking. All right, so in the White House, back when I was in middle school, you had a lying president that told you that he doesn't lie to the American people, but he forgot that there was a tape recorder under his desk <laughs> recording everything that he and his uh, special advisors would talk about in terms of his uh, his attempt at uh, re-election or dealing with some of the scandals going on with the Vietnam War uh, and and so forth and so on. And here he is caught on cassette tape, lying to the American people, talking bad about people, indicating very clearly that he was a uh, a racist 
and many other things. I don't even really care about that much because that's what men are, particularly when they're in, in positions of power. They can they can transform themselves into angels of light in front of you and in front of me and in front of the camera, but behind closed doors, they're just as diabolical as could be. We caught George W. Bush with the mic on. And the funny thing about him is he's just a straight clown. When you And he likes being a clown, by the way. When he, the cameras are on him, this is his narcissism, he likes to tell jokes. They aren't funny at all, but he likes to tell jokes. And it was clear that he knew he was hoodwinking the people on weapons of mass destruction. My question to the American people is, how long will you be deceived? There's a point at which God gives us over to deception, and deception leads to consequences. And I think we're facing them. Nothing happened to George uh, W. Bush. And then again, I remember before him, it was Mr. Clinton who got in front of the camera with that award-winning uh, raspy voice of his saying it all depends upon what is is. And uh, we found the dress with the semen on it, didn't we? And it was in the White House, the Oval Office, that this horrific, abominable activity took place. And we let that go. He's still pretty popular. And I'll tell you, not, not only pretty popular, but him and his wife are prominent around the world for a lot of evil that uh, we will never know if it's left up to the legacy media to tell us about it. So we talk about, uh, we're talking about Nixon. We're talking about Bush. We're talking about uh, the Clintons. The uh, dynamic duel called the Clintons, you know, we can call them Ahab and Jezebel if you want to. But also, I mean, there will there will come out in due season the Obama fiascos because Obama did a lot of things that the media just won't let you know. You know, that stuff doesn't come out for 15, 20 years, but it will come out. And then Mr. Joe Biden with his present fiascos. Ladies and gentlemen, it is not very well for us as America around the world with these kinds of characteristics dominating our so-called leaders of the free world. This is the Monday edition of Lifeline. We've got more to talk about. I want to talk to you about the man who probably will be the most dangerous person on the planet. And he's running for president of the United States. And he's got the FOIA information, Freedom of Information Act, He's got uh, successes in court against corporations and institutions. He's got the evidences. He's got the uh, medical reports. He's got the scientific reports of what's going on in our world, why so many uh, men and women, and particularly young people, are becoming crazed at uh, gender dysphoria and engaging in um, uh, what we would call contradictory uh, sexual identification, identification or orientation, that this is not just some phenomena. This is happening because of chemicals and because of drugs, medical interventions. And this has been going on for a long time. And that's why they must not let him become president because he's already talking about it. And we'll tap into it a little bit as well. This is part of a bigger, much more pervasive plan to change the world into something that God already warned us would occur. Again, the number is one 888 We'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. We are back. The time is 536 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. I've got two lines open. 
What I often do, you guys, myself, is I I have uh, had to weed out many of the uh, deflections of our our main uh, legacy media outlets attempt at denying good men and good women from having a voice. This all started before COVID. It started at the election of Joe Biden, but I've, I've weeded out, I've learned their tactic. Whenever they don't like somebody, they, uh, they, uh, they demonize them. They, uh, they pejoratively uh, slant them in a way in which they make naive and ignorant people who are given to gossip uh, become prejudiced against that person or those persons. And this is a standard playbook by the left, a standard playbook by maybe even the right. We can talk about them later because they can be just as wicked. Um, but uh, what happens is if, if there's somebody that the media has been given talking points about from people who are interested in making sure these individuals don't get a platform to speak, because this is part of neo-Marxist socialist uh, agenda and controlling narratives, because if you control the narrative, you can control the way people think. If you can keep opposition from being um, freely vented, uh, then you can set forth your ideas without challenge. You can set forth your notions without debate. You can set forth your ideas as absolute without critique. And uh, that is a non-scientific approach. But if you really believe that everything is a social construct and that you can change the world simply by speaking it into existence, why wouldn't you want to stop anybody that's going to come along and challenge you? See, when we say that we are... Uh, people who believe in a Western civilization that is rooted in empirical science and we are evidence-based in our arguments for what constitutes reality as far as we can understand it, uh, and that we recognize that there is an a priori first cause to everything, that nothing comes into existence by nothing. Something had to create everything, and we believe that creator is God, and we believe he's given us a depository of truth called the Bible, which is an excellent, sufficient framework for determining the moral and ethical behavior of human beings. Uh, and beyond that, it is a wisdom that is able to critique and analyze and deconstruct and expose the fallacies of bad thinking and bad behavior. We believe the Bible uh, teaches us how to uh, tear down everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of the truth. A dangerous man is a person that is both gifted logically, gifted rationally, gifted reasonably, and gifted spiritually. This is why what I'm saying is going to um, be edifying to you, although maybe alarming. The world has always sought to kill thinking men, and maybe thinking women for sure, but since the world has been largely dominated by the patriarchy, um, thinking men. Socrates was killed for thinking and challenging the thought processes of the, uh, the, the traditions of Athens. John the Baptist was killed because he spoke to the uh, ruler, uh, Herod of, uh, of Judea, uh, concerning his unethical and immoral behavior of committing adultery. The Lord Jesus was killed because he made it very plain that the gatekeepers of knowledge in Israel were perverting the truth and keeping men and women from the truth. 
as is the case today. The gatekeepers of knowledge are holding truth back, perverting truth, disseminating lies, and punishing everyone else who is seeking to tell the truth. Proverbs 18, 17, you remember what it says. He that is first in his own cause. If you can get up front, if you can get your narrative out front, you can manipulate the masses for so long, but eventually your neighbor comes, brings you to court, finds discovery, exposes your, your fraud, exposes your gaming the data, exposes your manipulation, exposes your, um, your cherry picking of information, exposes your criminal intent, exposes your criminal behavior, exposes the fallacy of your assertion, and then exposes the harm that you have brought to millions of people. Aha, uh -huh. that's a happy day for human beings who simply want the truth who simply want the truth. And one man that's been doing that for many, many years, and he's running for president, is Robert F. Kennedy Jr. I say to you, ladies and gentlemen, he is the most dangerous man in the world right now. All right, just for a moment, and we're going to go to the phone lines. I still have two, two lines open. Why I say he's the most dangerous man in the world and maybe not Donald Trump or uh, Ron DeSantis or any of the uh, Lilliputians that are going to rise up in the Democratic Party. They will all be distractions. I say it because John F. Kennedy can put his record up against most any other American citizen, and he'll demonstrate that his contribution to the welfare of America in terms of corporate companies corrupting our society through chemicals and drugs which I want to get to today, which I think is a direct correlation to the massive increase in gender dysphoria, homosexual tendencies and behavior, and now transgenderism. I believe there's a direct correlation, and, uh, and, and also Mr. Kennedy himself believes that. I was reading the article of one Anthony Hayes. Look him up while I'm talking to you. He's a black man. He happens to be a scientist. And he's been fighting the big industry for the last, let's say, six or seven years because he was doing some scientific work on frogs with a chemical that he knows is ubiquitous and everywhere called atrogen. atrazine. And, uh, and this chemical called atrazine is something that has been shown uh, to uh, not only impact the... Um, the, uh, the, the, the capacity for animals, particularly frogs, and the reproductive organs to not work, to sterilize them, but to actually revert the genetic process of those frogs, turn the males into females, and, uh, and, and then um, also give them the capacity to actually now become natural female frogs. Now, a chemical is doing this. And this is the same kind of chemical process that uh, is owned by the same kind of companies that are using pesticides uh, for poisoning our fields and uh, permeating our foods. And it is clearly known that atrogen is, atrogen is running everywhere in the streams of our water, in our air, et cetera, et cetera. And the stats are in, and they're trying to shut that brother down. Go look him up. Again, his name is Dr. Tyrone Hayes whose work on the dangers of atrazin made him a target for the agribusiness giant Syngenta. Syngenta is like um, the people who, um, 
who 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 made um, the uh, pesticides, uh, weed killers, uh, Ma uh, Monsanto, and other companies who are again just massive giants in the world of agribusiness, and they are mafia type individuals who shut down anyone who is bringing data and information, exposing those companies for bringing harm to the world, let alone to the Americans. And, and this brother, he happens to be African-American, uh, largely, he may be a tad of something else, maybe a Samoan or something, but he is eloquent, he is thoughtful, he is intelligent, you will find him very clear in what he says. He has a gift at communicating, and I'm, I'm just giving you the lead so you can check him out and understand that what he's saying is what Robert F. Kennedy is saying, and many others are saying it now. What I said to my own congregation about uh, two weeks ago, I said to them that you and I are dealing with a pervasive, uh, invasive, uh, intrusion into our lives at levels that are beyond mere rhetoric and propaganda, mere uh, psychological uh, and sociological uh, influences. It is down to the biological. It is in our food. It is in our medicine. It is in our drugs. And this is why we are being marshaled like sheep into a sort of vaccine regimented world. This is not by accident. And you should not go to sleep on this. This is the Monday edition of Lifeline, one 367 I'll be going to your phone lines uh, after this because they're filling up. one 367 is the number to reach me on the Monday edition of Lifeline. I'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. Indeed we are. The time is 5.50 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. What a world we live in, huh? What a world we live in. On the one hand, it's a beautiful world, naturally speaking, organically speaking, spiritually speaking. I mean, these are the, some of the best times and some of the worst times, but I am uh, definitely leaning towards the importance of blowing the trumpet and making sure men and women don't comfortably go to sleep again uh, <clears throat> and having conversations with you that would compel you to redeem the time so that you can know what kind of evil days that we are in for, if not for yourself, for your own children. It's critically important for you to know that while you are sleeping, the enemy is not. While you're working, there are powers and authorities and stratagems that are designed to gradually and incrementally uh, take what you have unjustly. And, uh, the powers that be are marshalling together to do just that. As we speak, and we as a society largely appear to not be interested, though I'm hearing other stats right now about the uh, the, the numbers. <clears throat> we were talking about this in our Friday study because not only do we unpack scripture in our classes on Tuesdays and Fridays, but we unpack them and we apply them to the real world. Uh, we're not one of those churches that live on an Indian reservation or pretend that we are not to be in the world or pretend that we are not to be prophetic. We are and we do. And uh, one of the things we were talking about is that about 40% of people uh, with the new polls understand something is really, really wrong. 40%. That's a good number. 
That's a good enough number that if a number of us continue talking and, and continue persuading and continue engaging and continue discoursing, we can move that number. And uh, when there is another attempt at a massive tyrannical uh, control sweep, perhaps we can uh, get the American people to uh, demonstrate the power that they have as American citizens and say no to their wicked rulers and then realize that we are responsible for our freedom and for our prosperity as a whole, not just our government, but we are. Uh, this is how you stop uh, totalitarians from becoming a nanny state, thinking that they can, they can determine for you what your life is better than you can. And that's really what's starting to happen around the world. France is burning because of stupid policies from the top. Let's go to line number one. Let's start dealing with the phone lines. Let's go to line number one and talk with Jermaine. Jermaine, are you there? Oh, yes, I am. How are you today, bro? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. Good. What's your thoughts? Well, just uh, want to chime in on the, the question you asked about the media and uh, why are they all of a sudden releasing information that's detrimental to to their hero. Yes. Um, I think it's pretty obvious that there seems to be a passing of the torch or at least an attempt because no matter what they this is the kind of thing where you just you can only stem the tide but eventually it becomes kind of like a the dam breaking is a tidal wave where all this controversy and stuff that was said to be false narrative and fake news and i forget the other one pack of lies and it's all coming to be true sure and it's obvious that people knew this and and that's where i personally had an issue with the media uh, during the whole COVID fiasco, it just everything that we thought uh, was conspiracy actually turned out to be true, and it just taught me that the media is almost like a tool or an idol, and a lot of people tend to want to worship every single day. Um, you know, they pick these people out, they turn them into heroes, even when what they're saying is, is diametrically opposed to what they they believe for people of faith, but they'll still prop them up and they'll listen to every single word. And if you pay attention, there's a type of programming going on where it starts from the, the, the morning news, then the, uh, the midday talk shows, all the way down to the evening news where by the time you're done, someone has completely shaped your thoughts and whatever they want you to think. And it, it's one of the reasons that a lot of people who, uh, you know, they may, I, I might be biased, but, you know, they might go to churches like Grace or they go to the library or they just unplug and take a walk or read a book, they're looked at as kind of like freaks. Sure. Because they're, they're stepping outside of the system and they're actually starting to think and their mind is not being constantly attacked by this this garbage that's going on. So, you know, the, the other thing I wanted to mention, I see a direct correlation when they're legislating all this insanity and when you see, uh, I guess, trans humans kind of gyrating and dancing and twerking at the White House, I see a direct correlation with what's going on in our streets, with the crime levels rising. And I, I hear these young people talk. You can't tell them what they're doing is wrong when what they're watching on television is all kinds of wrong. They're just not commenting, but they're paying attention and they're responding in kind and they're not stupid. So, you know, I think a lot of the things that we're seeing in our streets and our televisions is, is actually self-perpetuating. I actually agree with you. I'm going to spend this last five minutes just kind of uh, reflexing, reflecting on 
on what you said, Jermaine, and now pick William up from Castro Valley on the other side. We've got two lines open, by the way, one 888 We can start talking, ladies and gentlemen, about this. First, I, I want to agree with you fully around the nature of the media, as you and I know, um, Operation Mockingbird, this was a CIA invasion into um, our media many, many years ago in the 70s to uh, infiltrate the media and control the narrative. And it's still going <clears throat> going on today. I, <clears throat> excuse me, I warned us about this maybe about four weeks ago with a particular uh, information act that was, um, that was reinstituted uh, in the, uh, after the Obama era. And that is that um, uh, there was an act that basically said the American people shall no longer be the object of manipulation, false information, and uh, uh, propaganda on the part of our government, which means they were uh, the objects and targets of all kinds of propaganda before this information act prohibiting this occurred. But under Obama, it was allowed to once again re be reinstituted which tells me, Jermaine, that um, the government and the powers that be with them are aware of how easy they can manipulate the American people through media and television and all of these uh, high-tech methods of propaganda. And certainly we're seeing it uh, at a high level today, but that particular methodology and technique only works for so long because the very people that are implementing it themselves are corrupt, and they drop the ball and they lift their skirt. And as you said, uh, people on the ground begin to see. This is why France is burning right now. All the people are in the street doing what they're doing because they know their leaders are as wicked as they are. They know that their congressmen and their uh, parliamentarians are telling the people to do one thing while they are doing another thing. And that's exactly what we saw all through this COVID scam, how that our politicians told you to wear a mask to bed, and yet they're not wearing them in the midst of the parties. They are at the ball games. They are at the beauty parlor, et cetera, et cetera, which, um, which is a slap in the face to the um, sensibility of American people. So we are indeed, in that sense, waking up. But there is, at the same time, simultaneously, as you also indicated, Jermaine, that um, our young people, particularly from the... Gen Xers up to to the present. I think the Gen Xers are becoming a little bit more cynical, but certainly the Gen Zers, uh, 25, 30 on down, um, they are absolutely unhinged in ways in which uh, they can be a, a spark plug for all kinds of chaos and destruction in our world because they're angry, because they're confused, because they are uh, filled with anxiety. They are also filled with depression. And I am asserting, uh, Jermaine, that this is not just a sociological phenomena. This is also a concerted effort on the part of Big Pharma um, playing um, mad scientists with the minds of men and women through chemicals, not only in terms of the vaccinated society, but in terms of chemicals in our food, our waters, and, uh, and all kinds of other drugs itself. I think, because I made the proposition, and uh, we'll talk about it in the second hour, because the man that I want to talk about is Robert F. Kennedy Jr., because if you guys don't know, you need to be following him uh, wherever he's doing townhouses, wherever he's having conversations with people, because he's doing a yeoman's job of explaining what he has seen for 30, 40 years in the industry, in the business, and uh, 
he's telling the truth that the major media outlets cannot possibly let out because if they do, then once again, uh, people will wake up even further and begin to see what we have been saying for a long time is the, the criminal behavior of our government uh, at massive levels that can really amount to treason um, if if our system was functional enough to, to do it, which I'm I'm kind of afraid is not not the case. I'm kind of afraid, and I use that word afraid just as a rhetorical term. Uh, I'm afraid that we are at a state of reprobation and um, uh, malevolence as a government uh, that it's going to take the intervention of a divine being that brings a level of judgment upon us uh, if ever we should hear the words, I repent. The nature of the apocalypse, you guys, the book of the Revelation, John's final writings is that, and they did not repent of the evils and the idolatry and the fornication and the wickedness that they did, even though God brought trumpet judgments, vile judgments, and seal judgments, all these evils that we're experiencing, they still would not repent. And that is a scary assessment when it comes to the evils that we have the capacity to bring upon ourselves because of our rebellion. Two lines open, really. Yep, two lines open. one 367 1-888-367-5329. Let's continue talking about it. I'm going to pay some bills. I'll come back with William, James, and two lines are open. one 367 I'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. Indeed we are. The time is 6.07 on this Monday edition of Lifeline. Two lines open. one 367 1-888-367-5329. When the industries, government, are captured by wicked regulators and are the gatekeepers of data and information and research, when the industries, the government, the media are captured by wicked regulators and gatekeepers of research, data, and information, the citizens are in a matrix of lies. They are blatantly lying to you. This is what makes the one man running for the presidency of the United States hands down one of the most dangerous persons in the world. His name is Robert F. Kennedy Jr. You guys know him. And, uh, and, and the topic that I was talking to you about prior to the break with one Tyrone Hayes and the work on this is called actually what it happens to be is a, a, a kind of blocker, some kind of uh, uh, chemical blocking agent. There's a specific term for it, but it's called atrazine. And atrazine is banned in Europe, but it's not banned here in the United States uh, of California. And, uh, and, and and Mr. Kennedy has been warning about the research and the data around this particular um, chemical called atrogen, atrogen that's being used. And what, what, what it is is what they call an endocrine uh, disruptor, endocrine disruptor. And you can look online uh, concerning the endocrine system and, and hormonal imbalance and development and all of that, how that it impacts testosterone and estrogen and uh, and other areas of the reproductive uh, processes 
not only in uh, frogs, because they're mammalian to a certain extent, but also in humans. We've found where there is a massive amount of atrogen or atrazin in our uh, chemicals, in our waters, you find massive lowering of testosterone levels, massive lowering of sperm counts, massive lowering of, uh, uh, of what would be the natural and normal developmental aspects of both men and women. Very dangerous. Uh, I don't want to go into it at length because it's just alarming to listen to it. And what Mr. Haynes has talked about is how that if the chemicals get into a mother, those chemicals can pass on to the children, to the third generation, to the third generation. And also what he said and is affirmed by many other institutions, ladies and gentlemen, is that this particular chemical, atrogen, atrogen uh, not unlike the chemicals in, uh, in, in Roundup and other pesticide uh, pharmaceutically uh, produced chemicals are extremely toxic and harmful to the human body. And you can imagine how big pharma and big agribusiness spends billions of dollars to try to hide this information. They're trying to destroy Mr. Anthony Haynes. Hayes, and they certainly do not want Mr. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. having these conversations on major platforms in our world, because what that means, once again, is he that is first in his own cause, giving you data and information because he can game it, he can distort it, he can modify, he can cut down the time limits necessary, he can limit the capacity for data to be done in a, in a broad methodo methodological way by which we can get a fair assessment as to both its safety and its harm, because you got to have both. Um, when you can't get that kind of certainty, you cannot validate that chemical or that product or uh, or that vaccine, if you will, as being safe and effective. And so that's the battle, suppression, suppression of information. Robert F. Kennedy is more than confident, capable of not only discussing these things, but debating these issues of which, again, Big Pharma, Bill Gates, many of them do not want this man on a platform talking about these things because he's already shredding opposition right now. If you go Again, you can go online, look him up. He's already shredding doctors who think that they can come behind the podium or behind the microphone and challenge him. And they're discovering that he knows things that they don't know because they never studied it. They stopped at the CDC and the FDA data. They really didn't do the research. And that's the problem with many of our doctors. They're not doing the research. And they're just spouting what they're told. Now, that, again, is a kind of blindness authoritarianism that fundamentally amounts to a religion. And then you and I have to bow down and do it or else we lose our jobs. All right, let me go to line number two and talk with William from Castro Valley. William, are you there? Oh, good evening, uh, Reverend Jessica Sand. Thank you for How your patience. You today? Thank you, sir. Um, you haven't talked to me since uh, our friend from the Whispers, Nick Caldwell, passed. And I called in that week. At yes. any rate, um, I hear your show often, and I'm very um, happy to see somebody being apologetic with the scriptures as well as a lot of the commentary that goes on in the world. I want to say that most of, if not all of these people that come to power were raised in our society. We 
have given them out of society these platforms. Now, I like what you said, biblically speaking as well, that as go the leader, so go the people. Yes, sir. And that works across the board, whether it's emperors, kings, or presidents, and the national level, whether it's at the state level, the county level, the city level, whether it's in our churches or even in our homes. Yes, sir. When I think about the civil rights movement and look at how, what the civil rights movement was able to do in the African-American community or the black community or the Negro community here in America is phenomenal. Yes. But when we lost the leadership and the integrity of the leadership, downhill we went. Yes, sir. I, I want to say that, I want to say that um, the selling of America, that's what I call it, the selling yes, of America has been going on for a long time, where we sold goods and information in exchange for money. And then we want to say that China is doing this or Japan is doing that or Russia, but, but we as a nation, for the sake of a dollar, sold a lot of things, a lot of technology. And yet, that's the situation we find ourselves in. The third thing I want to bring to light is that um, we as a nation are just, we, we've, got to, we've got to do better. Um, and, and I need God to help me with this, but in, in essence, when you look at America today, what I see and what I've seen for some time is what first century Rome did after the death of Christ, the resurrection and the ascension and Rome power in the world. And they became so decadent, so self-absorbed, so against what nature and what God was about that they imploded on themselves in America, if we are not careful, matter of fact, if we don't repent, as you said earlier, Reverend Jesse, we are going to, as a nation, implode upon ourselves. Last thing I want to say, we have gone the way, spiritually and otherwise, of whoredom when it comes to God. And then we have various people around the world saying, ooh, Here's this woman, America, caught in adultery. What do you have to say about that, Jesus? And I know what our God is doing. He looked around. They, they want to stone us. He looked around, got down on the ground, wrote something. He said, ye that are without sin, let you cast the first stone. But as sinful as this world is, there's no nation in a position to throw stones at America because they're all really just trying to be us. But we, if we don't turn back to the God of creation, are going to implode upon ourselves and lead the world to hell in a handbasket with us. I don't really need to add one other thing to what you said there, William. I really don't. I do have to take a hard break. But I don't have to add one other thing that you said. You have framed it well. 
you have uh, started with scripture, you finished with scripture. Um, excellent, excellent commentary. And all of the listeners that follow me, uh, they know that what you just stated is God honest truth, my brother, just straight, plain God honest truth. As that um, proverbial uh, boomerang goes out, it is coming back, landing in our own lap. And, and, and what we have to do with that boomerang is own our responsibilities before it blows up in our hand. And that's dangerously close to what's happening with us. God plainly said it. Uh, Whatsoever man sows, that shall he also reap because God is not mocked. Thank you for the call, my dear brother. Got to take a hard break. Three lines open, one 367 Three lines open, one 367 I'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. Indeed we are. Two lines open, one 367 Two lines open, one 367 William gave an excellent uh, compendium of the condition of our world using scripture. I see it that way. We are um, what uh, Louis Farrakhan uh, has said over and over and over again, the great horror of Revelation 18. That applies across all nations who have had the privilege of the gospel planted in its soil and then turned that gospel into merchandise. This happened, as William said, in the first century with Rome. It happened again uh, in the uh, in, 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 in Europe um, during the Reformation period. They, the Dark Ages was absolutely filled with pagan mysticism and uh, fascistic rule. That during that time was during the through the church. But also post-Reformation, you and I have been looking at a complete dissolution of righteousness in almost all the countries whose banners once uh, flung high with uh, sola scriptura, biblical worldview. I'm talking about like the Netherlands, uh, Sweden, um, just countries that used to have a strong history of, of Christianity now are blatantly uh, fascistic, neo-Marxist, uh, globalist. Uh, given over to your alphabet soup. It's a horrible manifestation of God's righteous justice and judgment, as he says in Romans chapter one, because they did not retain God in their knowledge. He gave them over to a reprobate mind. And that's what our society is experiencing now. The only hope of a turning of our country is not politics, it's repentance. You're going to learn that, ladies and gentlemen. You're going to learn that this pop, this pump cart of uh, a dialectical process, this left-right narrative that you get, this two-party system, which is really ultimately a uniparty system, is going left as fast as we can imagine. And until it crashes, we won't believe that we're being uh, hoodwinked, manipulated, and uh, stalled until we come into a uh, complete fascistic state and government controlling um, not only our nation, but the world at large in the kind of biblical proportion that Revelation 13, 8, uh, Revelation 13, 11 explains. And I saw another beast coming up out of the, um, out of the land. And this beast was like unto the first beast. And he told everyone, you must bow down and make an image unto this beast. And if not, you won't be able to buy or sell and you will be killed. If we are not going through that paradigm today, and have been many occasions in the recent centuries, um, we can't see. We're blinded to the accuracy of biblical prophecy. We are 
in a very terrible time right now. Let's go to line number three and talk with uh, James from the Bay. James, are you there? Hello, PJ. How you doing, sir? I'm good, man. How are you? Uh, I'm good. Now, take a <clears throat> take a stab at that question you asked about the media. I mean, we, I mean, it's almost becoming like uh, residual. I mean, it's it's the same program. I mean, I think you, I think the way you framed your question is, well, not put this way. You mentioned why was the media letting the information out about the cocaine at the White House. And I'm, I'm sincere about that. I want to tease that out. That that you know, I I do have my own uh, you know ideas, but I want to tease that out because you and I know, uh, with the media, along with the Department of Justice, along with the CIA, FBI, uh, all of those control factors, if they wanted to, now no, you know, um, just consider this thought with me and let's unpack it. If they wanted to. They would have never had to let that information about that cocaine out. Absolutely. You know, you know what I'm saying? I think there's only, I mean, I think it's twofold. I think they wanted it out partially because of what you also said about are they showing Biden to do it? Because I think they clearly don't want Biden anymore. They just don't have a suitable replacement. Uh, to oppose who's coming from on the right, the, the opposed okay. to Republicans. That could be part of it. Okay. But this is my uh, how cynical I am. I believe whenever they have something out, whenever they let something out, it's a diversion or a distraction. So I'm looking for what they're not saying. What it is they're not saying, if that makes any sense. It makes all the sense in the world. You know, we've been doing this for years now. The reason we're having this conversation, and I'm glad you, uh, people like you and uh, Jermaine, and now William, because William definitely has a, a healthy perspective on uh, on what's going on in terms of this pri uh, present diapractical system. And I want us to con continue while we have the freedom to talk about it to um, have this conversation out, out loud with the American people, excogitating these matters just to help people think it through. Why would the media allow, even for just a few moments, something that cannot be reversed? Once you ring the bell, you can't unring the bell. And here we are now dealing with a fiasco of something that is so immediately connected to the Bidens, particularly with um, with Hunter, that it follows logically your assertion, your 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 uh, assumption, and my assumption is that one, either they're setting the Bidens up to take a hike, uh, two, um, uh, either this is used as a diversion tactic, which so many times has been the case, and uh, we don't want to allow our noses like hound dogs to just go down one trail. Uh, it's an important trail. We ought not to disregard what happened. I think whenever uh, the slip shows, whenever uh, the faux pas occur, whenever the Freudian slips occur, we, we ought to mark them because they end up being evidence down the line. But certainly something is uh, up where uh, wherein we need to, uh, you know, be broad in our thinking as to what it is that they are trying to keep us from. Uh, go ahead on with your thoughts. Well, I mean, part of it could be France. I mean, because we haven't heard anything about what's going on over there, at least. I mean, I have because of what we follow, but I don't think that's being talked about 
you know, in the mainstream media, it's about how the people are, are uh, you know, protesting and so forth. Um, and let me see, there, there was another another thought that I had uh, about. Oh, I think whatever attention they can raise that would keep people from looking towards, as you just said, the most dangerous man in the world right now is RFK Jr. And that could be it too, because like we talked about before, I mean, the dam has so many holes in it, they can't possibly cover them all up. It's just agreed, like, agreed, I love it, great analogy. Yeah, you know, I think they count on, well, okay, there's only so much gonna come out, so maybe we can live with that. But they don't understand there are some, you know, Inspectors, uh, uh, they're, they're, what, what do we call them? The, uh, oh man, the, the uh, I don't know what I want to call them. Well, well, the we're, we're talking, them. we're talking about people who know how to investigate. We're talking about yeah, whistleblowers. It, we're talking it, about people it, it, who know how to step up to the plate and do the critical analysis to bring to the people trumpet blowing insights to the uh, missteps of a maniacal and wicked government. That's that's what you're talking about. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely, and if they can keep on labeling them as conspiracy theorists, and to the people who are are woke and is going to believe everything they say, over against those of us who are truly awake and you know not standing for it, you know, and, and I think that's like so we talked about this before. The biggest challenge we have is infiltrating uh, the mockingbird media. You know? Yes. I mean, because that's where the majority of people get their information. But even with that, I think people are uh, waking up. And I just want to add this before I go. I think it has to be more grassroots, boots on the ground application from us, from the way, from the way we do it at Grace. You know, one person at a time and one young person at a time because the generation, to me, the baby boomer generation was the last possible generation to me that actually learned how to think as opposed to be taught what to think. I agree. I agree with you fully, and I, 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 I think that's what we're praying for, right? I think we are praying for a movement on the ground that is independent of being paid for by the World Eco Economic Forum or George Soros or Bill Gates or um, any of the uh, big NGOs that are governing the world powers and, and strangleholding all of the, of the institutions. I, I think on the ground level that we are looking for people to start rising up and exercising their free speech, their free assembly, and their, uh, their, their right to voice of critical thinking, uh, 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 analytical thinking, and conclusions that are based upon empirical evidence and, uh, and and sound reasoning through faith. I think that that kind of community needs to emerge, and, and that's what I would call a repentant community, a, a community of, of men and women that no longer is accepting the mainstream narrative, and we're going to hold our local officials, our state officials, our federal officials accountable. I think that that can happen 
Uh, it may be conflated with some really problematic things, you guys, though. That's why they're not wanting us to see what's going on in France, because often before wicked rulers sit down to the table and discuss ways to change their behavior, you got to tear a lot of stuff up. This is the Monday edition of Lifeline. I've got to take a break. When I come back, I'll deal with, I'll talk to Gloria and then Fred also. one 367 5329 is the number. one 367 5329 is the number here on the Monday edition of Lifeline. You're listening to Jesse Gistin. We'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. Indeed, we are. The time is 637. It's been good so far enjoying the conversations from our brothers who have called. Now we're going to talk to our sister Gloria in Winnipeg. Gloria on line one, are you there? Hi, Pastor Jesse. How are you, young lady? Uh, I'm fine. <laughs> What's your thoughts? Um, I just wanted to uh, tell you uh, tell you a few things, but I know quite a bit of things about your own country. Uh, I think that uh, Biden is not calling the shots. Of course not. It's Obama. Yeah, now, you know, a lot of us have talked that through. We're going to have to build a legitimate correlation between Obama and um, and Biden, if you want to do that, that way people can go, okay, Gloria is not an unhinged conspiracy theorist. I mean, I, I have some hypotheses, but uh, what would be some of the tangible markers that indicate that the hidden hand of Obama is on, uh, on Biden? Would you have some of those pieces of information to share with us? Well, I kind of uh, listened to... Well, I, my husband is very bright, and he knows a lot of that stuff, so he should be talking to you. But one thing for sure is, isn't, um, like, I, I know dementia, okay? I looked right. after my mother-in-law for uh, uh, two and a half years at our home here, our apartment, yeah. and uh, the way he acts and, and stuff and things he says, Unless it's an act. But, okay, I mean, you can, we can work with that. Um, so I'm going to give you a few minutes to kind of build your case because, you know, you, you do call enough for people to kind of get an idea who Gloria is. But now you're, you're getting into the dialogue. And one of the things I want us to do on this program is to uh, mix our freedom to speculate with some credible um, arguments or some credible grounds. You can put your husband on the line if you want to, but what I definitely want us to not do, uh, particularly as Christians, because what I've found has not been super helpful in the past, Gloria, particularly when we are moving towards like a presidential election, is for us to speculate without plausible information to validate that speculation. Speculation is absolutely fine. Speculation is essential. Speculation should be stated that, that this is my opinion, this is my view, and, and is worthy of consideration because it can have a high plausibility rate or a moderate one or a low one. And so if people are going to really take you serious or me or anyone else, how might we uh, develop our argument that Biden is not really running things, it's Obama. Because you can sound like a person that just basically hates that previous president 
and and don't really care about demonstrating the the premise of your argument. And I don't want I don't want us to to um, fall short in that area. So if you want to, you have to do it now. You can get your husband to uh, build some cases, and we can get back online uh, in another Monday show, and we can talk about that because I I I do I too see the hidden hand of Obama. Uh, on on uh, on Biden in certain uh, larger policy areas that that were already in effect by by um, Obama and is now being sustained by by Biden. But I don't want to put words in your mouth. So beyond that, what else you want to talk about? Um, uh, Pastor Jesse, um, I was asking the Lord. I'm uh, I'm kind of tired of everybody. Uh, uh, saying this and that and how this is going to happen and this and that, even in uh, like in the health area and stuff, and not giving any credit really to the who's in control, that the Lord, our sovereign Lord, is in control. So I, I, I've been. I asked the Lord, Lord, could you please give me somebody? And uh, last week I came, or a couple of weeks ago, I came upon a, this fella. Uh, have you heard of this gentleman? His name is Larry Alex Taunton. Yeah, I've, uh, I've recommended him a bit, okay? I've recommended okay. He's an apologist. He's an apologist, and he's been around a bit. He's starting to emerge online. I'm looking at him very carefully. I, what I do, um, Gloria, is I vet people for about six months before I extensively present them out because if he turns left on me, then I feel bad for telling people to, to listen to this guy. He's an apologist. He is a classical, um, fundamental conservative Christian. I, I We can't really know right now what his uh, doctrinal stance is because he's smart right now. He's intentionally trying to get into the market of discourse and conversation. And rightly so, this is a great time to get on. I'm, I'm looking forward to getting into that fray in a few months myself in terms of podcasting. Uh, and I'm so far, I'm liking what he's hear, what I'm hearing because he's actually exposing a lot of these guys at the top levels. But he's only doing what a lot of people have already done. He's not doing any profound scriptural uh, exegetical framing of these matters. He's not even doing as much as I would do. But I, I can still sense a taste of um, righteousness in him. I sense a, uh, uh, a level of objectivity and critical thinking skills that are helpful. And, uh, and so, yeah, I, I would recommend uh, checking him out for a good long time. So I'm glad you, I'm glad you found him. And uh, I liked one that he did with um, the Communist Manifesto guy or whatever, what yeah, Karl Marx. Yeah, and I can't. Uh, and uh, Charles Spurgeon. Yes, very. It was a very and good corollary. Can, I've talked about and that how before Marx myself. Didn't do anything the, because of Spurgeon, because Spurgeon reached out to every class of people. Right, and what he did was demonstrate um, what what uh, Alex demonstrated was that what the only power, the only system that can really stop this communist movement is the gospel. That's what he was saying, Gloria. And, and Spurgeon, is, well, Spurgeon is my patron saint. That's, that's really where I get my inspiration from because 
He knew how to bring the gospel to the whole world. He didn't isolate his congregation into a little miniature uh, Indian reservation and tell them, you know, not to see evil, not to speak against it, and not to, um, to not to understand it. He dealt with it. He dealt with the political evils. In those days, it was called humanism. Uh, Marxism was uh, dealt with by conservative pastors as humanism, which is what we've been dealing with for a long time. And because Spurgeon was such a mouthpiece for God in preaching the whole counsel of God from Genesis to Revelation, but he was radical in his grace orientation, as are we who love the grace of God. We love him for being the kind of Baptist preacher that actually was in the marketplace of ideas and challenged the wickedness of his day, including in the church. That is what we need to have occurring today, and we don't have that in our world, Gloria. We don't have representatives and spokesmen of the church speaking about what I stated in my opening monologue in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 17. I saw in the place where justice is supposed to be, that's the White House, was iniquity, our wickedness. And in the place where righteousness is supposed to be, that is the church house, there is iniquity. Until we call out the evil in both places, we're not going to see this uh, man-centered, anti-Christ, neo-Marxist, fascist agenda stopped in our world because we're not calling it from the place where God wants it to be called. That's on the city on the hill, and that's supposed to be the church of the living God. So pray for repentance on the part of our preachers that God would raise up men like Spurgeon to speak to this generation because it's only the power of God that can cause us to repent and return to our God. Thank you for your call, my dear sister. You got to take a hard break. Call me anytime. We will be right back. And now back to Lifeline. We are back and we've got about eight minutes to the end of this program. Let's go to line number four and talk with Fred from San Leandro. Fred, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Uh, you know how they say with uh, every joke, there's a line of seriousness. You know, maybe it's uh, maybe the, the awareness with the cocaine in the White House is a, is a push to legalize it. You know, maybe, maybe that's the back end of it. Um, that's not why I called. Um, I, I think, uh, like, what was her name? Um, I want to say, Gloria. what was her name? Um, Gloria. I called um, that. Yeah, you, usually the, the previous administration uh, works with the present uh, um, administration when um, when they're the same party. So that makes sense that that uh, that uh, our previous president would be doing that. What I called about was. Um, the uh, the rainbow. I remember talking to my son and saying that, you know, the rainbow is is for us. That's God's uh, promise to us that He'll never destroy the whole earth by flood again, and it's been stolen. And you know, I was saying um, that you know perhaps we as a church should be ra raising a rainbow flag that would draw some of the LGBTQs uh, to our church, as well as. Um, um, you know, that, that belongs to us. And I just wondered, what say you about that? I, I don't know. Um, I don't know if that's the kind of flag that I would want to raise to draw men <laughs> to me. I mean, I don't mind it as a tactic for dialogue and conversation, uh, Fred, but I'm, I'm, I'm one of those, I'm a very 
serious pastor when it comes to the ecclesia. So like in our community, we're not given to a lot of different fads, um, but I, I understand the tactic from a political standpoint. And I do agree with you that uh, the rainbow is a beautiful promise from God and it carries itself all the way into the book of the apocalypse chapter four. Uh, it, it speaks concerning the rainbow uh, encompassing the throne of God. And then again, the rainbow encompassing the angel of the Lord in Revelation 10. And this is uh, the Lord Jesus Christ himself. He is the essence and grounds of God's covenant of peace with all of humanity through faith in him because of his atoning work at the cross. Um, but, but God does say he will return in vengeance and with fire. So even though it won't be with a flood, it will be the purging, extirpation, and sanctification of this universe from all forms of wickedness, according to Second Peter 3. And God will create a new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. So if we wanted to, I guess we could engage in the kind of uh, symbolism that we are free as Americans to engage in, uh, Fred. If churches want to pull up a rainbow flag, but, I, but I'm I'm kind of afraid that most churches, many churches, are so compromised in their theological position around uh, you know very critically important doctrinal truths such as women preachers, women preachers, women preachers, and then also uh, same-sex marriage also abortion. You see a lot of what's going on right now in terms of wanting to have an argument with, let's say, the trans community, particularly for the Republicans, they've already capitulated to same-sex marriage and homosexuality. They're riding the same pump cart wagon. This is called the uniparty uh, dialectical process. Many of us have learned this a long time ago. They're already falling. If you hold a position that you are against the trans movement because they want to chop up little babies, but you're open to same-sex marriage, if you're open to homosexuality, you have absolutely no authority at all. If you're open to, and I'm not saying you, I'm talking in general, if the church is open to women pastors and women deacons and women elders, as they have increasingly begun to do, and it's happening in the uh, SBC, Southern Baptist Convention. Now, if the churches are capitulating on things we've been fighting for for decades, if, if, if they've capitulated on those things, they have no moral authority, no, no exegetical argument, no scriptural apologetic for wanting to argue with trans people because they they want to you know chop the kids up and bring and, and infiltrate their community with with children who may have dysphoria or some kind of uh, mental uh, aberration when it comes to their gender. Uh, I'm saying that the church probably needs to actually get right with the God of the rainbow himself uh, at the level of fundamental theological doctrine, or else you know we're just going to be a laughing stock out there debating and arguing. Um, I, we, we got a lot of repenting to do as the church of the living God. Are you still there? I, I'm still here and I amen you on that. Yeah, yeah, so for me, I'm, you know, I'm, I've been fighting, thank you for, thank you for it, call anytime, please. I've been fighting this battle for 20 years now on the radio and I've been warning the church, the slippery slope argument is a valid philosophical uh, a method of interpreting whenever we start down a path. If that path has an incline 
that has the assistance of a gravitational pull that is predicated upon a social movement that has behind it the force of law, legislation, and money. And now media and all sorts of uh, technological influences, um, the church has basically been silenced. And as our brother um, had stated, William, that if we are really fitting the mold and symbol of Revelation chapter 17 and 18, John says, I saw a great harlot who had a chalice in her hand and it was filled with the blood of the saints. If the church is apostate, it's actually opposing true believers that are trying to stay sincere to the scriptures. And you, you got that battle going on every day out in the streets here in America. You know, Christians having different views and different understandings and, and different arguments while the nation is on its way to hell. To the law and to the testimony, if we don't speak according to God's word, rightly dividing God's word, standing on the grounds of a scriptural interpretation that holds a biblical worldview from Genesis to Revelation, we've already given up our moral authority to speak. It's just a matter of time before the church puts a skirt on, lipstick, and starts engaging in the uh, the worship of, of the tranny community and just let it all hang out. I've never thought I'd see what I saw with the uh, Southern Baptist Convention so quickly, but here we are. The repentance is needed on the part of the church. And once the church repents, maybe God will have mercy on us as we put on sackcloth and ashes and start preaching to the beast the truth of the gospel. Until the church repents and stops playing games and uh, pretending that we don't have anything to contribute to the moral decadence of our society, um, we'll be a church that Jesus said is like salt without a savior, a light whose lamp is under a bushel. So I say, Lord, have mercy on us. Until next time, the Lord bless you, the Lord keep you, the Lord cause his face to shine upon you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and be gracious unto you and give you his peace. Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of KFAX. Copyright Salem Communications, all rights reserved.